The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday. If you don't hear a fiddle or a steel guitar, a hillbilly singing by the honky-tonk bar, the bass ain't banging and the vocals are rough, brother, it ain't country, no. Welcome to the Crude Life Podcast. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for joining us here today. The North Dakota Nomad, the Shale Play Prophet, broadcasting from the Hatch Coaching Studios. Provolone, our entitled intern, is manning the production elements of the podcast. Coming up on today's program, we've got Stephen Hines, the energy pragmatist, calling in in just a moment or two on the Bakken Barbecue phone lines. He's been Sent in a couple emails my way about the recent Whiting Petroleum executives receiving millions of dollars in bonuses before filing Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Of course, we have a call into Chris Cottrell down at Winstrel and Strawn as well to talk about some different bankruptcies. But Stephen Hines used to work on Wall Street a little bit, so he understands how this works. And he says there's a little bit more to it than meets the eye. So when he calls in, we're going to go right to him. Devin Becker, Becker Safety and Supply, going to join us a little bit later in the program. Safety, of course, one of the essential businesses. And so much of what Devin Becker and the crew down at Becker Safety and Supply, they do with oil and gas. So we'll get an update from there. Also, he's in Greeley, Colorado, so I have to get an update from Greeley. I still wonder why there has not been a, a bigger story about the you know the oil and gas industry being essential from Governor Polis. And I understand there's a time and a place for this, but there are climate change articles that are insinuating the oil and gas side of things. So there... There are quasi-political stories being done here, but my argument's quite simple. This isn't even a political story. This is a good journalistic story that a governor on the, I believe it was in his inaugural speech or within the first week, used the words war on oil and gas. He declared a war on oil and gas. And now, during a time of emergency, he needs them for an emergency service. To me, that's a news story. That is the governor's opportunity to say, you know what? I was wrong. I got a little bit caught up in the moment. I got a little bit bombastic, a little sensational, a little ostentatious even. But instead, we just ignore it because we're going to go right back to fighting when this is all said and done. Is that the plan? Because right now, a olive branch should be given. And something should be done on a peaceful way here. That's what I'm saying. That's where this should be played out. Usually during these times, we come together. And we are, we are coming together, but we're kind of coming together to keep our mortgages paid. Really? Sorry, but that's, that's, that's why a lot of us are working and why a lot of us want to work. It's not, I get it, it's for the bigger social part of it, but at the end of the day, it is a lot of it because we want to get our mortgages paid. So I'm telling you, folks, there, there's a really good journalistic story in here uh, for anybody who's in Colorado. So I, I would advise you to let your you know media people know that it's a good story. 
it's a really good story because the journalist who does it has a great opportunity to get that olive branch extended. We've gotten denied by Governor Pullis a half a dozen times. He does not want to come on the crude life. We've asked and we've asked and we've asked. And it just, I, apparently we ask too many questions. Just like some of the politicians in North Dakota, they stopped coming on our program because we asked too many questions. That's what they told me. You asked too many questions. <laughs> A journalist who asks too many questions. I tells you. I tells you. That's Stephen Hines? Okay, good. Listen, folks, I want to quick mention our sponsor before we get to Stephen Hines to talk about the Whiting Petroleum's executives uh, receiving millions of dollars in bonuses before filing Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Hawker Wellworks is today's sponsor. The Hawker Pipe Handler was developed to simplify the well servicing process. By reducing the need for manual labor, the Hawker Pipe Handler improves production times and reduces overall well servicing costs in a safer working environment. For more information, visit their well site, hawkerwellworks.com. That's hawkerwellworks.com. Of course, you can always go to our show page and check out the links there. All right, Stephen Hines, the energy pragmatist. I see we've got him ready to go. Let's patch him in. Provolone, thank you very much. First of all, folks, I do want to mention very quickly, Whiting Bosses got $14.6 million in bonuses before bankruptcy. This is coming from Bloomberg.com. Whiting Petroleum's board approved $14.6 million in cash bonuses for top executives before the shale producer filed bankruptcy. Chief Executive Officer Brad Holly will collect $6.4 million of the total, which will be paid immediately, the company said, filing Wednesday. Former Lee from Wall Street, Stephen Hines. How are we doing today? Stephen Hines, can we get a mic level check quick, and then let's get right into it. Uh, my name is Stephen Hines, or I've been called Steve and worse. Uh, I uh, am uh, the president of the uh, energy, energy Pragmatist, a not-for-profit, uh, that uh, emphasizes uh, practical energy and energy efficiency. That were right there. The last five seconds, you had the you, you sound a lot more clear. So that's the perfect, okay. perfect spot. And today, okay. uh, we're going to bring in Mr. Stephen Hines with the Energy Pragmatist to talk about what's going on in Whiting. Uh, we talked about this last November when they posted $1.2 billion in debt, and these numbers are rough and the timelines are rough here because they don't have the story in front of me. But uh, today, earlier, they came out with this uh, file in Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Of course, bankruptcies now, it, it's, it's so hard to know what it means in today's day and age, who's going to get paid, if they're going to restructure, how that's going to work. Well, shortly after that comes up. Uh, it's really Wall Street financial engineering. Uh, and no, and that, that's why we brought you in, was to talk a little bit about what's going on here, because these executives with their salaries, I'll tell you what, I've gotten over a half a dozen texts already, and this thing's hot off the press. Mm -hmm. People from North Dakota that are just ticked off, because this is, this is not good PR, but at the same time, <laughs> this isn't everything that it's cracked up to be, is it? Uh, no, uh, you know, it, it was before the bankruptcy, and... Uh, and they did it, you know, uh, I think, you know, last week. But 
you know, uh, it, right now it's really Wall Street and uh, they're refinancing it. The um, executives will not get those that four, uh, $14.5 million in cash payments. Well, and that's what I mean by it's not and, really but, what, what it makes it out to be, but at the same time, that's the headline. That's what grabs you. Yep. Well, they didn't get the money, and uh, the deal that, uh, that the, the restructuring has is that uh, the executives will get 8% of the stock. After chapter, after they emerge from Chapter Eleven. Okay, there you're back to sounding good again. All right, and fourteen point six million dollar cash bonuses, top executives. Well, I'm looking all over social media, and boy, these guys are really getting hammered by their own people. It's people in the industry. Of course, we saw this coming with layoffs. Once layoffs happen, if the industry's not there to hire them back, are are the people going to be? love for the industry or are they going to turn their back on the industry and this doesn't this doesn't help i I don't think they have the whole story jason oh i know they don't that's why i brought you in so we can talk about it they're not going to get you know 14.5 uh one of the reasons why they have they went to a chapter 11 sorry as you know i worked on wall street and i'm sort of been a part of that uh, thinking also but um it was to capture the uh, uh what was it uh Billions of dollars of loss. So the new company, it, when they start making money again, they're not going to have to pay taxes until hell freezes over. And one of the reasons why they went, they did the Chapter Eleven, was to capture the, those losses, the lost carry forwards. But but uh, right now, and I, I'm I have the I have Barons and Wall Street Journal, so I'm pretty comfortable trusting their information. But uh, the the executives will not be receiving that money. What they will be receiving is eight percent of the stock. Wall Street isn't very confident with the uh, the management right now, though. So uh, you know, it's it's really up in the air. Although the headlines say you know uh, executives get sixteen point four, but you know, or fourteen fourteen point five. Uh, and Mr. Holly uh, gets uh, six point four, but you know that uh, that was a court. You know they're they're filing, but you know since then the Chapter Eleven sort of negates it all. Well, I'm very curious to see how this is going to play out. I mean, we've got a, a lot. You know, Whiting is, if not the biggest, one of the oh, top yeah. two in North Dakota for the Bakken, and it, it's back and forth with, with them in Continental. And then yep. you've got fifty five percent of the states budget is tied to the that oil uh, production and extraction tax i i have absolutely no idea uh, what the bankruptcy means for the state i've been putting calls in to governor burgum and actually lieutenant governor sanford is who i'm specifically asking for because I'm not sure they know right now jason because this is really all but this is a conversation that that i've been trying to have since last november with them since they put up the 1.2 billion dollars in debt because you know, Sanford's an accountant, so he, he gets it. And without, you know, and we didn't want to, you know, point the finger at Whiting. We just wanted to say, hey, listen, we're, we have Russia. We've got Saudi Arabia uh, causing a little bit of a shock system uh, going on here. And this was this was pre-corona that these issues were starting to percolate. And so that's the other part of this, too, is how much of the coronavirus and COVID is going to get lumped in here with what's going on with the oil and gas when it comes to uh the recent uh with whiting you saw jim cramer came out and said this is just the, the beginning I don't jim cramer with anything i wouldn't, I wouldn't he's a blowhard him. without a doubt but he gets headlines 
But yeah, but here let's get back to what you know the legal side to this. Everything changed when they filed for Chapter Eleven today. All bets are off. So anything you know back in November or this promise from two weeks ago or a week ago, they they borrowed another two hundred and sixty or sixty two thousand or million dollars. Uh, Latin is last week and was supposed to come due on Wednesday of this upcoming. So this is this is really uh, big time finance. And of course, Whiting is a it's a big name. It's, you know, there with Chesapeake, although I'm sure they don't want to necessarily be there with Chesapeake. But, you know, so, you know, as far as states, a lot of states depend, you know, Pennsylvania, as you know, with uh, Tom Shepstone and Jim Willis. But, you know, the problem is Saudi Arabia has been has been saving, the, you know, their form of government by giving a lot their people a lot of money, which has now disappeared. The same thing for Russia. Putin's in big trouble. He can't buy off the population anymore. So, I mean, this is something, uh, you know, the world's going to have to face, not just North Dakota or, you know, the, the United States or whatever. This is this is global now. I always wonder about this when when this is this isn't the first listen this is you know windstream earlier this year they filed bankruptcy the the uh, CEOs and all the executives got millions of dollars of course it goes back to Enron where that was that was one of the big ones back in 2012 you know coming out of the recession of, of 2008 and nine, for the next three, four years, that's what was happening. The CEOs were getting, uh, you know, top salar- salaries before bankruptcy. I'm sorry, bonuses before bankruptcies to where See, some, they, some changed because of that experience. Well, I was going to say some states actually pass laws to prevent oh, this oh, kind of stuff. And so and it's also in, the, you know, it's in the SEC right now. What, so, what, you know, what I don't get, though, here's what I don't get. And this is my tinfoil hat journalist, you know, talking here. Okay. Usually when you get a bonus, it's because you got paid to do your job and you did a good job. Did these guys get, get did, they, did these guys get paid a bonus to drive this into the ground or what? I mean, what the look heck? At, look at sports, though. I mean, Mr. Tinfoil Hat. Look at sports. How many people get paid, you know, $20 million and tear, you know, tear a, a knee or something. And they can't play again. So I mean, you know, in some ways, there th- th- those yeah. bonuses were sort of part of the package to keep them on. Now, yeah, I know. It just it just seems a little bit of of some distaste, you know, when when you. Well, I, I understand that. Yeah, I mean, a bonus is different than a salary, is what I'm getting at. And a bonus is usually for doing above and beyond your job, or you meet you meet a goal, uh, you but, meet a quota. You know, that- 2008, 2009, Jason, it wasn't that way. They were getting, that was part of their salary package, and they got it. That is not happening anymore. I mean, and a good part of the reason is because of what happened then. But, you know, I, I, I think it's still early right now. We, you know, we've got a month or so of this, uh, this COVID before any of us can really figure out anything. Uh, it'll be interesting, to, you know, the shares are what are selling it. They were selling at one fifteen a share back in two thousand and fifteen, and now uh, it's at sixty seven cents right now. First of all, they don't have the cash to give these guys anyway, really. <laughs> you know, and they no longer control the books. Steve Hines, energy pragmatist, talking about the Whiting executives receiving the 
bonus before bankruptcy. And, of course, uh, reminding it's not always what it appears to be once they file bankruptcy. So, Steve, you're talking about there, there's a good chance from what you're reading on the Wall Street Journal and uh, Barron's, you said, Barron. that that once the bankruptcy's filed, these guys probably are going to have that retracted because it's, it's uh, well, it's stock. Yeah, well, they, what it's going to be replaced by eight percent of the you know the stock after uh, they go through Chapter Eleven. So let me ask you, bigger picture here, you were on Wall Street and you did a little bit, you know, with the AOL Time Warner merger, you understand the the telecommunications side of things. To me, that's that's the bigger picture in this whole thing is is that, you know, between remote. Well, that's what I mean with energy, with remote, with remote drilling and big data and everything else that's going on with the home offices and. You know, from like I said, from 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 remote drilling to home offices, we're, that's what we're seeing is this integration now. Well, I think everybody realizes, oh, that's what they meant by the Internet of Things, because everybody's now working at home. They now realize they need T five. They're talking about T six, T seven, but the the fact is that energy will always power uh, this uh, transformation in in the internet. Why? Because the internet, uh, this, th- these technologies need electricity and they need energy. So it will, uh, energy will always be, you know, in the in the front row. You know, with a couple, uh, maybe a couple other things: big data, uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, let me think. Uh, what else can? Uh, oh, you know, the other thing though that happens when you once you go on uh, the internet and. You are able to measure and verify consumptions in real time, Jason, which means utilities can tell what their customers are using. Their customers can tell what they are using in real time, which means we're going to be able to become much more efficient with electricity, with all kinds of energy, which is all good. Well, I'm just I'm looking at some of these comments on on social media as you're talking about, uh, boy, they're really taking some of these executives to town and. Talking well, about some some of the uh, mismanagement and and basically, well, um, I'm here's here's what I'm wondering: Is the industry going to? St- and and I'm hoping they do. I hope they stand behind the industry. But at the same time, like I said, boy, it almost seems like they're they're really attacking each other here. Well, it's, it is you know a case of you know uh, some they're going some some are going to get eaten and some are going to be eat ors. Uh, and the smaller group uh, will be the eaters, and the the bigger group will be the eaten. Uh, and that's just the way you know. That's the way it works, especially when you have a, s- a cyclical economy, which you know we've had that for the since the beginning of time. Uh, and uh, the one thing that we have over Russia and places like Saudi Arabia is we let the market work more, which means it becomes uh, it adjusts quickly. And efficiencies are captured as it goes forward. I, I think the one obstacle that Whiting's going to have is when they laid off all those workers last July. That if the executives are getting bo- millions of dollars of bonuses, they won't. Though, they won't, Jason. You know that. Well, I, 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 haven't they gotten some though at all? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, no money has changed hands, and as of today, again, it's like. You, this is like overtime. So whatever was agreed to in regular time is all off the table. There's, this is a whole new company going through Chapter 11, 
executives will get 8% of the company after it's settled, but they will not get 14.6 or whatever their bonuses are. That's gone because they never received it and they won't. Boy, I tell you, that's that's something else because a lot of the you know the stories are really letting you believe the other the the other way that they're going to be receiving all this different money. I mean, you know, the one right out right right uh, Bloomberg says six point four million to Brad Hawley. I met Brad Hawley, and yeah, um, well, and that's what that was the deal they made, but it's that deal is no longer valid. And oh, by the way, Bloomberg has a lot of credibility problems in her own right. Well, this is this is the time. Uh, as I was telling my son, I, I wrote this, the shortest poem I've ever written. It has three words. Credibility isn't political. Uh, and I think right now, uh, guys like you and me, we, we have battled for credibility on, these, on this, these broader issues, including fracking and environmental. This is the time for us to get, provide the good news while uh, you know, the social media gets it wrong. Well, that's one of the reasons why we brought you on here is to talk about the other side of the story. Because I mean, there's, there's, like I said, I'm looking at social media and they're really dogging on these guys. And at the same well, time, and, and, and I just know there's always more to, to it. World. Welcome to the new world order. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, no kidding. I, well, it's like I texted you earlier. I said I'm gonna, I'm gonna invest in yacht polish and surf repellent. <laughs> I like that. That was very funny. Very, very funny. Well. You know, but but a, a sense of humor. Now, uh, I've made the mistake of paying pretty close attention, but I, I look at both sides, both political sides, and neither one of them are. You can't trust either side anymore. How are you know, people? Uh, how are people contacting you this day? Website, LinkedIn, both. What's going on? Yeah, well, uh, uh, LinkedIn. They can catch me on a uh, website, uh, the uh, Practical uh, my uh, my phone number, uh, and uh, you can reach me directly. I work at home while everybody else is transitioning into, you know, the new world uh, of uh, home offices. I've been doing it now for about 10 years, so, and I know a lot about, you know, technology and all. So, uh, you know, it feels like a- any other week right now for me. But I can be reached at 920-918-8098, and I'd love to talk to any of your listeners if they're looking for a guy who pays very close attention to this stuff and and is retired so he doesn't have to work <laughs> all he, he all he does is follow follows this stuff carefully and that was Stephen Hines the energy pragmatist thank you very much for calling in of course folks if you want to join the program you can just reach out to me on LinkedIn or Facebook you can always email Jason at the crudelife.com here at the studio lots of different ways to be a part of the program you know we'd love love for you to chime in and be a part of what we have going on use the platform have a voice let people know you're in business let people know what you're going in fact that's what our next guest is becker safety and supply devin becker of course i reached out to him i said you guys still working down there he said absolutely we're essential I said, well, how would you like to come on the program, tell everybody what's going on in the world today? You know what? I'm so excited to get Devin Becker on here. I do not even want to take the quick commercial break that we normally take because this is the crude life. We are esoteric energy. We are organic. We throw out the script. We do everything from the hip. And not only are we esoteric energy, but we are the approach to existential anxiety. That's right. 
we energize the masses and educate and inform as well. Educate, inform, entertain. Esoteric energy. Healing the millions and millions of energy enthusiasts out there. And Devin Becker of Becker Safety and Supplies up next. You know what, Provolone? I see the thumbs up. We're ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, here at the Crude Life Podcast, we're going to reset really quick. I'd like to thank Stephen Hines for coming in, talking about some whiting activity. Also, Devin Becker, we're going to have him on in just a second here as Provolone is patching through. U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer is going to be our daily radio update on the podcast and we've got all kinds of activity going on let's get a mic level check from devin becker with becker safety and supply devin becker becker safety and supply excellent thank you for joining the program here today this is definitely one of the businesses i figured that would be open during the covid19 the coronavirus shutdown so we doing some shutdown shout outs Devin Becker Becker safety and supply how you doing out there in Greeley Colorado I live in the dream some days it's a nightmare <laughs> well I tell you we were just mentioning you know as we chit-chatted before we started hitting record that it's been quite a month you know I mean really when you look back at the last 30 days it just seems you know one thing is topping another and you know really a lot of this started last November and you know, that's when I think Whiting, uh, of course, Whiting's in the news recently by doing some restructuring, and they were in the news back in November. And, and then, of course, we had Russia and OPEC happen. It's just looking back at the last three, four months, and then you look at the coronavirus, it's just hard to imagine the last 30 days even happened, uh, Devin. Just talk to me about how you guys are processing there. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, definitely something that we've never seen before you know with our business we're very uh heavily invested in the oil and gas industry and you know it's it's one thing for oil and gas prices to go down um but for the whole economy essentially to be shut down um it's we've never seen this i've no one's ever seen something like this before so you know we're just trying to get as much information as we can and just make those decisions based upon them you know the facts that we're getting so well the, the one thing though is there, there is things moving along and i know after they get a handle on it they're going to probably do a gradual roll back or a roll out if you will i, I don't think it's going to be a full-on i mean the the nfl's even considering playing some games in front of like 200 fans next year i mean this, <laughs> so i mean it's like everything is on the table you know what i mean but really the safety industry and and that's that's what you are i i believe you're really the safety industry yeah you've got supply and retail and 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 things like that but at the end of the day you are involved in the safety industry so i i don't know how you're going to weather the storm or if you're going to but i i see where you are an essential business you guys are open so you're you're doing you know how you maneuver behind the scenes is up to you and you know i'm not asking for your business plan or anything but uh, talk to me a little bit about some of those things that are are selling that people are needing right now because you know there is some business happening you know there is there is there is people still operating out there yeah so as our business is deemed essential um, that's definitely helped us a lot um, because we know that we can stay open through this um, just because the products and services that we provide 
Um, and we've been inundated um, in the last couple of weeks, obviously, for N95 masks and um, disposable suits and uh, disposable gloves and uh, sanitizers, a lot of the Jam Sam stuff. Uh, we've been seeing an increase in that as well. Um, so, yeah, we're, we've been reaching out to all of our vendors to try to source, you know, products that we can get. And we've had to get a little creative and, you know, reach out to potentially the new vendors and, uh, you know, figure out different ways of getting it. We even, you know, took a delivery truck up and picked it up at a terminal, you know, up in Wyoming to just uh, speed up the process of getting the products to our customers. Um, so, you know, everyone's it's kind of a weird, weird time, but. You know, with our business, you know, safety is the head-to-toe kind of idea that we try to emphasize. So, with well, a virus, it's completely different than fall protection. But I was going to say it's it's really interesting the different uh, veins or the different subcategories or the niches and the niches when it comes to just safety. You know, I mean, the media has it, and you know, everybody has it within their own. But to see one of them out in the public, like safety, where you know, we were talking about, you know, hand sanitizers before we went on, on, you know, the, the air. Would you ever have thought, you know, a year ago that there'd be a day and age where you'd be ordering that stuff by the, by the barrels and, and that sort of thing? I mean, just some of the things that are involved with safety, I guess you just take for granted or overlook from time to time. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even you talked about last year, I would never have thought this would ever happen. Um, but even last month, you know, we, we saw something coming, but we didn't know what extent that would be. And then obviously Colorado followed suit with the other states of shutting down uh, stay-at-home orders. So, you know, we've had to scramble, you know, for our team, too. It's not only just the products, but also dealing with um, taking care of our team through this, you know, making sure that they are taken care of and, you know, that they're, they're honestly having to homeschool their kids and come to work or, you know, do homeschooling after work. And so it's just been a full circle thing, you know, of trying to deal with this um, in our perspective, um, just really taking care of our customers, taking care of our team and our vendors. You know, it's, it's, it's been a lot of communication back and forth amongst the team. I, I laugh a little bit because, you know, my son's downstairs as we speak. I'm, I posted on social media the other day jokingly that uh, I'm a teacher because I had to help out with some classwork. I'm an SRO officer. I had to break up a midday game of Fortnite with a bunch of buddies that didn't have e-haul passes. And then I'm a little <laughs> lunch lady because I had to make lunch. And then I'm also a counselor. You know, i got to break up the if I should go to a virtual class or should I surf the net or what. So peer pressures. And so... <laughs> All that while being an essential, because technically I'm media and oil and gas, so I get the uh, double whammy, just like you, safety and oil and gas. You know, it's like your your extra double essential. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your customers right now. You've got obviously an online store that makes total sense, but I've been to your retail outlet. I mean, you've got a very large retail outlet. Uh, you've got a embroidery area in the back. Uh, you've got, you know, you've, you've got employees and you've got, I imagine you have outside sales. You mentioned trucks a few, few times. So how are you guys handling this? I mean, are people still coming to your, 
retail location or do they have to have appointments or like I said, I'm sure your online is, is doing probably better than before, if not fine now. Yeah. I mean, we've tried to kind of be sensitive to the workers that we are dealing with. And, you know, a lot of them maybe have to stay in the office, but we realize there's a lot of our customers, you know, they don't get that luxury. And so, you know, we're, we've stayed open for our retail uh, aspect of it. Obviously we've seen, uh, the number of people walking in decrease. Uh, but we've also um, positioned it in a way, too, that people can order online at bettersafety.com, and, you know, they can come either pick it up or they can have it shipped to them. Um, so we're just trying to limit that exposure to them if they feel that's um, necessary for them. Uh, but, yeah, we do have outside sales, and so, you know, they're having to change the playbook a little bit for themselves, and you know, they may not be able to visit their customers in person, so, you know, utilizing technology to, you know, get as close to the customer as you can without being there. And, um, you know, we do have our customizations team. And so we've opened up, uh, you know, free embroidery for all new orders um, until all this stuff is done because we want to keep them busy, um, help save our customers money and just be a full one-stop shop for everyone. All right, Devin Becker, Becker Safety and Supply. I do want to give you a little pop quiz here off the side because right before our interview, I just finished the last episode of Ozark on Netflix. And, uh, boy, I tell you, between people flooding the social media right now, trying to figure out a way to connect with other people, the social media is off the hook. But then I was thinking Netflix is probably being downloaded quite a bit. Have you been watching much Netflix? Yeah. I mean, you, what else is there to do? (laughs) (laughs) So I really, I don't, have you seen Ozark? I have. My wife and I watched that. Uh, We're about halfway through the third season. Okay. Craziness. Craziness. So it's, it's (laughs) what's interesting about the third season is I just finished it and I don't want to, I don't want to give any spoilers at all, but, um, two things I'll tell you is that it gets better and better each each episode as it goes. And the brother who I didn't really care for in the beginning, I really liked in the end. And, um, I think the therapist is probably my favorite character this season. So, <laughs> getting paid off to, from both sides of it. Yeah. Isn't that great? Them getting paid off by the it. husband and the wife to win arguments. <laughs> I thought that was just a great storyline, but, uh, uh, I understand you've seen Tiger King. Talk to me about that. I haven't seen it yet. So t- tell me why everybody's talking about this. Yeah. So actually, uh, I didn't even hear about it until about a week ago. And then one of the guys that works for us, he's actually from one of the towns, I think, that where Tiger King's new place was being built. And so he's actually been to the Tiger King exhibit or whatever you should call it. And so that definitely intrigued me. And they started talking about it. I'm like, this, like how do you explain this show? And so I watched, we like binge watched the seven episodes on it. And uh, yeah. When you ask someone, hey, have you watched Tiger King? They're like, what's Tiger King? Like, how do I explain it? Like, there's no way to, like, explain it without it sounding super crazy. I One person described it to me as um, everything that a bizarre reality show could have is in this show from 
redneck thruples to exotic animals. Like, and I just looked at him and I cocked my head and I went, yeah, that would be about everything. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the craziest show and it just keeps getting weirder and weirder and you're like, it can't get any weirder. And then it just keeps getting weirder and weirder. Is, uh, I, I guess, is there a lawsuit involved? Is there a court case? Is there, is that why there's gotta be something like that, that, that ties this together or is it just a straight documentary or? Yeah. I mean, there, I don't want to give, I don't want to spoil it, but obviously there's someone ends up in jail and there's, oh. a, yeah. So I'm not going to tell if you haven't watched it, but, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And, Someone got fed to the lions, you know, and like, li- like literally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, wow. That's, that's the claims. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. It's out of this world. So, you know, when you're at home, you know, hanging out with this quarantine, nothing like a little appreciation of how crazy other people are to make you feel better. Well, there, there you go. Your crude life, uh, weekly, uh, Netflix updates with the uh, Ozark and Tiger King. I'm telling you, we have to start giving people homework assignments and, and check in and do that sort of thing. Cause I imagine there's a lot of people out there. Well, from a media standpoint, Hey, you got to br- give the people what they're doing and what they want. And you're right. I mean, we were talking about social media, but I think there's probably just as many people, if not more, uh, uh, doing the Netflix thing. We didn't even get into the day drinking, which apparently is a huge thing now with liquor sales off the hook. And <laughs> people are like, yeah, I think I'll have a glass of wine at noon now and that sort of thing. So it's a little different. You're at the office, so you don't experience anything like that. But a lot of those people at home, that's starting to be a little bit of a of a, of a thing now. And so yeah, anyway, but um, all well, right. Netflix is, uh, it's got the whole seasons of uh, the office too. So if you really want to binge, binge on the office, that's my, that's my third pick of what to watch on Netflix. How about out in Colorado? I, I mentioned uh, Whiting earlier and I'm not trying to pick on them. They just happen to be in the news. Um, but like, as I mentioned, they, they, Back in November, they posted some debt. Uh, the OPEC Russia happened. Um, Colorado has a governor who's come out and publicly said war on oil and gas. You know, and Jim Cramer, he thinks you know that there, there's going to be more oil and gas companies, everything else too. You're in Weld County. You're like in, in ground zero um, of of where there's oil and gas activity. Uh, what are you hearing from some of your colleagues, some of your customers? What are you feeling out there um, in in the area? As as really, there, there is a restructuring happening. You know, I mean, there's no easy easy way to put it because it, it it's best to be positive, but at the same time, you have to accept a little bit of reality that there is some restructuring in the marketplace going on. Yeah, you know, it's it's like that black swan event, right? Two things that you never think would happen at the same time happen. Um, so, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of companies, um, laying off, uh, we've heard rumors of that and actual, uh, layoffs we've heard. Um, and so, yeah, that's, it's super sad to see because in Wall County, you know, it, we are the number one producer in Colorado, uh, for the county. So, you know, that's a lot of jobs, um, you know, and our governor isn't very friendly of the oil and gas industry, but it's kind of funny how he still deemed it a central industry but um 
Well, I that's wanna, a whole different topic. <laughs> I, well, I, I did want to ask you about that a little bit in terms of how do you think industry could accentuate that a little bit? Because I, I, I understand that there's a virus and there's a lot of things happening, but at the same time, I am seeing headlines that tie, you know, climate change and, and the reduction of, of uh, air pollution to this virus. Boy, they're certainly being opportunistic uh, on the opposition side in terms of that climate change oil and gas fight. It just seems that from a journalistic standpoint that a, a newspaper or a television station or even a radio station would have picked up on that story you know that a, a governor who actively has said war on oil and gas just deemed it essential critical i think it was number two after hospitals and you know that, that's a chicken and egg situation there if you want to rank them but um <laughs> you know you're you're in the industry and, and you talk to a lot of different people uh, how can the industry get you know uh, back to a, at least a level playing field. Yeah, I think um, it's just obviously education, you know, right? Yeah. You have to educate the people. But, you know, you, you look at the stuff that's happening, uh, the products, the services, the, you know, the healthcare instruments, like those things that are being produced, you know, the masks and all those crazy things that, you know, GM making masks and ventilators and like weird stuff like that you never things you'd see like how is that stuff made possible it's through oil and gas production well there's you know, a there's a question for you you know and and you can just even repeat the same stuff you just said but you know the question is in in your mind from you know the diesel to the masks to the to the hazmat suits whatever um explain a little bit how you see the oil and gas industry healing and helping out there with this coronavirus yeah, I mean, obviously the demand for gas and diesel, you know, probably will go down because people are not traveling as much because of this thing. But you look at all the products and stuff that it's, it's taking to fight this virus, it wouldn't have been possible without oil and gas. And so I think educating people of what it's taking to take on this virus uh, and the ventilators and the disinfectants and, you know, sanitizers and, you know, things like that, that, and the PPE that these people are wearing uh, as a, a defense to this virus, like without oil and gas, I mean, you can't make it with wind power, you know? And so I think it's educating and figuring out how to present that to everyone uh, in a way that educates them and also enlightens them. It is a challenge and I'm not sure what the answer is. And I don't know if anybody has the answer. That's why, you know, I ask is, is, or bring it up because I think we're, we're in a time right now that everything should be on the table, that, uh, we we're very much in a time that everything should be on the table and we've got to rationally and figure out together ways to take things off the table. Um, you know, because, I'm seeing some weird things in the headlines and, and everything else, and I'm trying not to judge it right now because we are in very unprecedented times. You know, I, I, it's funny when you listen to people talk about, you know, the COVID-19 and the coronavirus when it comes to the economy. People forget that the oil and gas industry, this was happening beforehand. You know, they got a one-two supply punch. One, 
or uh, a shock with the demand and a shock with the supply at the same time. Unprecedented, really. You mentioned the double black swan. I think you you said something along those lines. So it's um, it's a time, like I said, everything should be on the table. And we should rationally talk about things that we don't like, take it off instead of getting mad and judgmental and, and that sort of thing. But um, good yeah, to I hear. Don't, I don't think, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I don't think this is the time to really do that. Like, I think everyone needs to focus on, you know, getting back to work, getting the right. economy going, making sure this virus is, you know, dealt with. And then that's the time where you can say, hey, we came out of this. And the reason we came out of it is because, the products and the services that are that come from oil and gas. It'd be nice to be able to have some direction along the way because it's it's it seems to me that uh, it's become very clear that the industry is needed, and so um, and, and that's why it was nice to see that Jared Polis, the governor in Colorado, at least you know had it in in his letter and official and, and everything like that because. There is a time for politics and there's a time for not. And this was a good time for not. Um, and, and you are one of those essential businesses. Uh, talk to me one, one more time about, you know, some of the things that you guys have that people are probably looking for in this time right now. Because you're right. It's time to focus on uh, the work that's needed. And your, your guys' work is needed as well as other people's work. And um, Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like. Everything related to workplace safety, obviously, we got that covered. Um, so if any, anyone needs that, we got you taken care of. Uh, special stuff for this virus, obviously, you know, the N95s, uh, sanitizers, uh, pallets of water, um, you know, disposable suits, things like goggles, all that fun stuff. Um, we've been sourcing a lot of that. So uh, feel free to you know reach out to us at BeckerSafety.com. And uh, we'll do our best to get you taken care of, obviously. Supply and demand and, you know, things are getting crazy, but uh, we'll do our best to take care of you. The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday. You better make a little room at the top for a regular Joe. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. I all and jamming for all my friends. That's you, Jason. And you'll hear me say from a mile away that I'm the luckiest man I know. You better make a little room at the top for a regular Joe. And that's going to do it for today's yeah, The so Crude right. Life Podcast. I'd like to thank Devin Becker for coming on today's program and being a part of our show, our podcast, if you will. Stephen Hines, the energy pragmatist, for commenting on Whiting Petroleum's executives receiving millions of dollars in bonuses before filing Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Folks, if you missed that earlier, I'd like you to go back and listen to it. Hines worked on Wall Street, so he, th- he says there's more to the story than, than what he's seen reported initially, that he read into it a little bit more, and it doesn't seem like it's, it's going to happen the way that the initial reports laid out. So this is some PR involved here. you got to remember, Whiting laid off a third of the workers in July, posted a billion dollars in debt in November, and then now this. So this is um, they're kind of the... Coal canary in the coal mine, if you will, I guess they, they, a lot of people are calling it. So 
Thank you, Devin Becker, Becker Safety and Supply, for coming on today's program. U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer, we're going to hand off the baton in just a moment or two. Also, our headlines are available and our sponsor, Hawker Wellworks. Thank you very much for being a part of the program, Hawker Wellworks. The Hawker pipe handler was developed to simplify the well servicing process. By reducing the need for manual labor, the Hawker pipe handler improves production time and reduces overall well servicing costs in a safer working environment. The Hawker reduces the need for manual labor when lifting the pipe and removing from the service rig. For more information, visit the website hawkerwellworks.com. That's hawkerwellworks.com. Of course, you can always check out our website and go to thecrudelife.com. Click on the show page. We have the links there as well. Thank you very much to Blind Joe with our music crossover, Crude Life music crossover, Blind Joe. Have a couple songs coming up here a little bit later on. Thank you very much to Blind Joe. We're going to be switching this over tomorrow. Is that right? No, next week. Next week. We got new music next week, folks. A new featured artist coming up next week. I don't even know who it is yet. Provolone's got to get on that. I, I, I'm not even sure Provolone knows who it is. I know we got a couple in the hopper, a couple that we just haven't confirmed it, I do believe. But uh, Blind Joe, thank you very much for being a part of the Crude Life crossover. Our studio sponsor, Hatch Coaching. Phone line sponsor, Bakken Barbecue. We appreciate your sponsorship and keeping our lights on here metaphorically and literally here at the Crude Life. And what else? I feel like I'm missing something, folks. I mean, there's quite a bit I'm missing. But yeah, March Madness, we'll get to that. I'm not, I'm not really too worried about that so much. But Chris Cattell coming on tomorrow with Winstrow and Strawn. He's going to talk about some M&A activity and some of the bankruptcies that is going on. And if you would like to be a part of the program, feel free to reach out to us, Jason at thecrudelife.com. Of course, you can check out our social media pages as well, from Facebook to YouTube, Twitters, all kinds of different places that you can socially be involved with us. The Crude Life podcast can be heard every Monday through Thursday with a weekend review on Friday. Provolone, that's going to do it for me, man. We've got Paul Harvey coming up. Is that right? Did I, did, did I see the scheduling right, Paul Harvey? So we've got U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer and Paul Harvey coming on. So the first half of the show was what? For people under 40? And the second half of the show is for what? People over 90? Okay. Hey, man, you're the, you're the scheduling the podcast. Oh, my goodness. Look at this. March Madness down to the Elite Eight. Swan Energy, Knighton Industries, Target Hospitality, Aries Buildings, Elite Energy Services, Brigade Energy Services, K9 Pipe Inspections. Check it out, folks. And that's going to do it. Kevin Kramer coming up next. Paul Harvey coming up next. Provolone, excellent job today, as always, and from the staff here at the Crude Life Podcast. My name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember energy is more than an industry. It's a way of life. The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with Matthew Hill with Night Energy. In just a moment, part of our exclusive interview with Matthew Hill with Night Energy right here on the Crude Life Daily Update. Talk to me a little bit about how you're seeing the energy industry, primarily the oil and gas industry, healing and fighting this, this epidemic. I mean, you and I kind of went down this rabbit hole yesterday when we started talking and decided to go on air with this. Is if you chase that, there's there's not one thing in anyone's life that hasn't been touched by oil and gas. I mean, 
<laughs> we, the, all the plastics that go into all the machinery to keep people breathing. Uh, I mean, just ventilators alone. But your your face masks, your 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 suits. I mean, hazmat suits or the Tyvek suits that look like the painters wear with those, you know, dust particle masks. I mean, there's just no end. Light cans of Lysol, rubber gloves. Uh, I mean, everything I see at home when you start looking at it, you know, because I'm I'm proud of our industry. So you see, you look around, see, well, what am I? You know, what are we doing? What are we part of? Oh, there's nothing that we're not. There's not one comfort. There's not one comfort that we enjoy that hasn't been created by that opportunity. Hasn't been created by oil and gas. You know, I, I I will fight tooth and nail to make sure that my heater comes on in the winter by natural gas. There's, you know, I, I want my dishwasher to work with the electricity produced by natural gas. I just. I can't believe that as a country, it's not the single most important thing to everybody in their heads is, hey, we have to have our energy at all times ready to go. So is our energy source reliable? I'm sorry to you know people that love uh, the idea that renewables could possibly be the way but i just don't see it i don't you know there's the science isn't there you know i think you'd have to have a giant windmill in every single person's backyard to even come close to uh providing enough energy for a couple days but every single you know (laughs) that's all those things are made from oil and gas being available to go and harvest the metals to listen to the full-length interview with matthew hill from night energy or to check out other exclusive interviews visit the that's the crudelife.com while you're at the crudelife.com check out our social media pages as well as our daily podcast from the staff here at the crude life daily update my name is jason spies asking you to always remember energy is more than an industry it's a way of life The Crude Life is sponsored in part by Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. Last night I went out drinking with my buddies at the press box bar. We drank until we could barely stand up, sang songs and played guitar. Y'all, things got pretty rowdy. I got home about a quarter to four. I promised myself this morning I wasn't drinking anymore. But now I'm back at the bar again Hanging out with all my rowdy friends Getting drunk and singing redneck songs I'll probably stay here, baby, all night long Pour me a beer and a shot of Jack I'm almost gone and there's no going back I want to feel my brain start to spin That's why I'm back at the bar again I'd love the sound of that swinging door 
The way my feet fell on the sawdust floor I love a nice cold whiskey glass Hanging out with friends and having a blast My mom and dad think it's a waste of time Not anymore Drinking beer and writing redneck rhymes I think I'll do it just as long as I can That's why I'm back at the bar again Yeah man, I'm back at the bar again Hanging out with all my rowdy friends Getting drunk and singing redneck songs I'll probably stay here, baby, all night long Pour me a beer and a shot of Jack I'm almost gone and there's no going back I want to feel my brain start to spin That's why I'm back at the bar again The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday. Hamburger steaks, holiday inns That's the kind of world that I live in I play a different town most every night Love on my woman, write a new song That's my life Well, that's my life Yes, y'all, and I love it Well, that's my life There ain't nothing else in the world above it And I see people all alone Picking their guitars, playing their songs And I tell them, forget it you can't fake it, you're gonna make it, you gotta live it. I got a big bus with a TV and a bar, and a little room in the back for me and my old guitar. I gotta stop and fuel up every 500 miles, give a picture to the waitress, eat a late breakfast, country style. That's my life, yes, y'all, and I love it. That's my life, there ain't nothing else in the world above it. And I see people all alone picking their guitars, playing their songs. I tell them, forget it. But you can't fake it, you're gonna make it, you gotta live it. We get home from Nashville on a Monday night. Record songs on Tuesday and on Wednesday we take out the wife. But then on Thursday night, it's back on the road. I don't care if it's North Dakota or Southern Minnesota, just as long as I grow. Well, that's my life, yes, y'all, and I love it. Well, that's my life, there ain't nothing else in the world above it. I see people all alone Picking their guitars, playing their songs And I tell them, forget it Cause you can't fake it If you're gonna make it, you gotta live it Yeah, brother, you can't fake it If you're gonna make it, you gotta live it If you don't hear a fiddle or a steel guitar A hillbilly singing about a honky-tonk bar The bass ain't banging and the vocals are rough and Brother, it ain't country enough If it don't tug at your heartstrings and tear at your soul 
get you up and dancing, going out of control. You hear it on the radio and don't turn it up, brother, it ain't country, no. If you can't move to it, groove to it, up and slam some boots to it, party to it all night long. If it ain't about whiskey sipping, guitar picking, tractors, trailers, trucks, or prison, man, it ain't a country song. I'd like them real cool old school bar stool jams. I'm drinking line laughter and love. So if your feet ain't stomping once a band starts a rockin', then brother, it ain't country enough. If you hear it and it ain't stuck in your head all day, it's got a pop back beat and it's sung the wrong way. Charlie Daniels wouldn't dig it, man. Hank Jr. say it sucks. And brother, it ain't country enough. Or if instead of using English, you use foreign words. When a competition that you didn't deserve. Some fur coat wearing wannabes producing your stuff. And brother, you ain't country enough. If you can't move to it, groove to it, up and slam some boots to it, party to it all night long. If it ain't about whiskey sipping, guitar picking, tractors, trailers, trucks, or prison, man, it ain't a country song. I'd like them real cool old school bar stool jams, all drinking, lying, laughter, and love. So if your feet ain't stomping once a band starts to rockin', brother, it ain't country enough. Yeah, if your feet ain't stomping once a band starts rockin'. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. It seems everywhere I go these days, someone is telling me about the success of Hatch Coaching. Listen to what professional speaker Mark J. Lindquist has to say. To see Eric Hatch grow his business and then start to share it with other people, I think is one of those great steps in life. You know, what do you do in society? You succeed at a thing and then you teach other people how you did it. And now to see Eric duplicating his genius across the country, I'm telling you. There's a world changer down the street, and his name is Eric Hatch. For more information, call 701-212-1572 or visit coachingwithhatch.com. That's coachingwithhatch.com. The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday.